character death. This is Demystified, solving DM mysteries in 20 minutes or less, because the only hard part is scheduling the next session. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Joey. And I'm Asaf. Today, we're going to talk about death at the table. So, death happens. Sometimes the characters charge headlong into battle. Sometimes characters can't roll above a two to save their lives. Sometimes players do dumb things. That's a lot of the time. But... Death happens. The death saves are over. Three, two, one, dead. Your party doesn't have access to the 500 or 300 or 1,000 GP worth of diamond to cast Resurrection. And so it's time to bust out a new character sheet. Let's talk about what you can do as a DM to make it more or less likely. All right, well... Yeah. I, me as a DM, I tend to overtune my combat encounters, make them more difficult, I think. I, at least I try to make them challenging. But sometimes the player, sometimes I make them too challenging, or sometimes the players just roll poorly and a character dies. And I like to give the players an opportunity to reset my mistakes by just giving them uh, a raised dead scroll early on right. in the game. Yeah, the character death means different things at different tiers of play in the game. Also, a level one through five death is a. It's almost irreversible, right? A high level death could be irreversible, too, depending on what kills you. Different reasons, obviously. Right. But it's like at level two, one and two, death is a very likely. Yes, you make, yeah. you make oh, yeah. two bad rolls and you could be dead at level seven or 10 or 15. The chances of dying, like you have to make a lot of poor decisions for it to get there yeah Um, unless the dm throws a really gnarly monster at you that when it reduces one of your abilities it does ability score damage each turn and whenever it reduces it to zero you're dead or any of the other number of features of high level monsters that just straight up kill you (laughs) yeah intellectual devourers are great yeah what is it specters i think something else shadow shadows shadows Yeah, those are good. Uh, those are low level. Those are low level ones that'll annihilate you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but death can, as Jamie mentioned, death can happen in a lot of different ways, and some of them the DM should be able to foresee if they think about what what could happen in a scenario, and some of them just happen. And I think during session zero, or that's a good time to bring up what happens when a character dies so that way the group has expectations if you're gonna if you're gonna allow a character to come in at the same level or something like that that should be something described because you don't want it to be a situation where you're 15 sessions into a campaign and a character dies and the and you spring this rule of like character death on him and the player's pissed off because now he's you just sprung this on me and it's not my fault and they get mad and they storm out and your campaign's over. Yeah. And I definitely want to advise against not punishing the player for their character dying, telling them to bring a character in there at a lower level or at an XP disadvantage or something, something. like that. Right. Yeah. I think something that resonates with George R. R. Martin's writing style is that almost all of the deaths of his main characters are earned. So they do get sucker punched, they do get hit, but their deaths are almost universally because of their own decisions. 
So like when you're balancing your encounter, you can make it as the DM, the power is yours to make it where death is almost inevitable, where you put the monsters on the table and that combination of monsters against your party is almost guaranteed to be a TPK. Then there are situations where you might design a dungeon that is particularly sucker punchy. Isn't there... What's the dungeon? Tomb of Horrors, Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, those are terrible. Like, they are. Do not bring your favorite characters into those tombs. Oh, yeah. I had a character die in Tomb of Annihilation and another one lost his hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately after he joined the game. Yep. Yeah. Fundamentally, as the DM, you're setting the stakes of every encounter. If you're choosing at the moment of rolling dice, is this... Is there a possibility of character death? And there are ways around it. Like I've had one, there was one campaign where I was the DM for, and this was years ago, where there were low level characters. I think it was at level two or maybe three, and they were fighting a hill giant. And I didn't expect them to fight. I had the understanding that they would run away when they saw this giant hill giant. Players never run. Yeah, I, that was before I learned that players never run. And I had the, one of the players, they almost killed it. They were going there. They were weak, weakening this thing. It was really going down. But one unlucky roll by one player, they got walloped by this hill giant. And the, it not only knocked them unconscious, it did enough damage to kill them. And what I could have done at that moment and i didn't do because I, I was a new dm was i could have had a cut scene where it's like the players in this void of light and they're confronted by their goddess because they were a very devout character right and the goddess like intervened like there could be an intervention like that and you give then you put it on the player do you i can help you in this situation do you wish to go back and then bam the person comes back like super boosted and they till, take out the hill giant or whatever. There's options. I believe Van Richten's Guide and also Baldur's Gate into Avernus has some guidelines for stuff like that. If a character dies, how, how to bring them back, either by making a deal with the devil or dark power. In security, in application security and software security, there's a concept of guardrails where if you imagine that your party is going down the side of a cliff. They're walking along the cliff face. The cliff is obscured by bushes. It might be 10 feet over that way. It might be 20. It might be a foot away. You don't know how far away that cliff edge is. So there's guardrails that you can put in place that will tell the players that if you cross this, then, then bad things can happen. I don't know if it'll happen immediately. I don't know if you'll get away unscathed, but this is a guardrail that you can put in place. And if the players want to press forward on, that's on them. Yeah. Setting clues, dead creatures, blood, bloody trail balls coming out of the walls so let them know that there's a beholder around. Or reminding the players of their own character's knowledge. Yeah. You I guys, yeah. As, as adventurers, they're familiar with warning signs. So you don't just hang out a warning sign eyeballs coming out of the walls it's like why is that scary what do your players know about this yeah and another thing that i could have done at that time is before the encounter i could have said to them like hey guys your characters know that it's possible to run away from this like not telling them you have to run away but telling them like this is an option and reminding them that it's there 
And it's again, still giving them the power. Like you're not preventing them from dying. You're just letting them know that it's likely to die. They're likely to die if they go this way. And just reminding them it's not that they're crossing a line. It's that they're hopping the guardrail. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it doesn't have to be that explicit, but it can be in some cases. You can say out of character, just see, this looks like it's going to be pretty tough. Your characters know that hill giants are things that most people can't handle. It might be in your best interest to run away. Yeah. Uh, or you can hint at it heavily, but it, there's nothing wrong with explicitly telling them doing this thing could result in bad stuff. Right. And oftentimes players will get into this momentum where if you set up some challenges that you're expecting them to fail in order to, say, get into the vampire's lair and they get some extraordinarily lucky rolls, they do some crazy nat 20 backflips, they do some nat 20 trap disarms and then they land, their reward may be death. Yeah. Yeah, there there was an, another campaign where I was the DM for, and the characters. Now this was a space centered game, so they're, they we were on a space station, and the characters had found a shop that they were going to because they were looking for someone, and the person wasn't there, so they broke into the shop. They set off alarms, but they didn't know that they were searching for stuff, searching for clues, and when they left, they were confronted by guards, and they decided to attack the guards. I, as the DM, could have, didn't think about it, could have, before that happened, said the consequences for assaulting guards would be. Right. I didn't know about it, but I didn't think about it. They, I didn't think they would. I thought they're not going to confront guards. They're, this is a civil... They did. They killed a guard. That Now they're on the run. And the consequences for that, I laid out for them after the fact. Mistake on my part. But it's something that you can telegraph to them. You can tell them in game. If your character knows if they do this thing, the consequence will be. Right. And so from our last episode, we talked about learning D&D from memes is a bad idea. This is an example where the memes that say phrases that always precede disaster when your DM goes, are you sure? Sometimes the DM will just say, are you sure? Just for fun to scare you. I know I do all the time. Right. But at the same time, if you are being cryptic and you are just saying, are you sure that it's not really a guardrail? Your players aren't really learning anything from that situation. Yeah. They're just sitting there thinking, man, this DM's rough. <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's change gears from preventing your players from killing themselves. Because let's face it, it's always the player's fault. Always. <laughs> always. Yep. No. Yes. Always. Never the DM. So as the DM, you can alleviate the pain a little bit by making revivals a little bit easier to... Like I said, I like to give players a raised dead scroll early on. It doesn't have to be a scroll. You could give a wand, a rod, maybe a, a rod that if there's no healer in the party that can cast cure wounds and raise the dead once. In one game, I gave one of the players a, a magical cauldron. It's actually from one of the books i think it's tasha's cauldron of everything magical cauldron that it grows you can put a person inside it and fill it with salt and then they come back to life once oh per month or something or week nice yeah the, there are a lot of options that you could have them get access to temple services when they return to town like the there are ways in game to do it but then there's also the out of game solutions let's say revivals let's say you're playing a game and you tell them up front hey re reviving your character is impossible 
because of magic, yeah. telegraphed them what their other options could be. And that goes back to setting the expectations. If revival is going to be impossible, like you're playing Tomb of Annihilation, where a character dies, is raised dead's not going to bring them back. That's something you want to let the players know before they start the game. So if their character dies, they know their character dies, they can't come back. Yeah, that you can always lean on the trope of let the character bring in brother yeah. uh, or the son. There's the meme running around where like the seven year old is playing, a 10 year old's playing D&D for the first time and his character dies and he stares solemnly at the paper and then he writes junior on it and he goes, I'm here to avenge my father. <laughs> yeah. Like we said, don't learn from memes, but yeah, that, that is a good one. Good one. Yeah. It's a way to, to have things continue progressing. You can have them bring in another character at the same level. Yeah. I would always recommend bringing them in at the same level, same experience as the rest of the party. If And if you're not going to do that, if for some reason you're not doing that, telegraph to them. And party level, just so that way if you have a character for some reason who is a couple levels ahead of the party, telegraph party level. You don't get to keep your advantage, but I'm not going to punish you. Yeah, I will say this. 5e spaced out their levels such that, especially in tier one, someone, anyone who at a higher level... To reach one level higher, that amount of experience is pretty much enough to bring a level one to their original level. So if you have a, a group of level fives, for them to get to level six, that much experience is enough to bring a level one up to level five. So they're, even if someone starts at level one, they won't stay forever behind five levels or ten levels or whatever. It's not going to be great for them. Yeah, especially at level one. Yeah. Yeah. With- Five hit points or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, but even if you, if you're one of those DMs, that I'm going to have them be one level behind. Like it does first, it doesn't stay that way for long. And second, they've, if you're doing actual experience and not milestone, they'll catch up. If you're doing milestone, then if you're yeah. doing milestone. Then everyone should always be the same level. Yeah, they should be. If they're not, you're really hurting because milestones I feel are about more rewarding player progression than player character progression. They, I feel like Milestone is telling a story. Right. Like, when if you're telling your overall story, then basically you're setting benchmarks of this chapter of my story that they must be X level. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful. So it's a very common way of doing the campaign books. Yeah. Especially the newer ones. Yeah. And even the older ones, they're like, the players should get enough XP to reach certain level. Like, they that's how they word it. They don't say it's Milestone, but they're like... Almost. So depending on the type of game you're playing and how you're doing it, like milestones pretty common. I like doing XP because it's not so much that I like math is that I don't reward XP for killing monsters. I reward XP for something else. Depends on the type of story that I'm trying to tell, because then it rewards doing that thing in the game. If you're telling a story where like you want a bunch of Indiana Jones heroic not just heroics, but like spurlunking archaeological find, investigate tombs, find stuff. And traps. And traps. Give them experience for completing tombs. Right. Like you get this tomb had, if they complete everything in here, they get X amount of experience. And disarming traps. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's, but it, it really depends on what exactly you're trying to narrate and move along. And if you're doing a campaign book, then yeah, milestone works. And if you're doing milestone, everyone should be the same level. Right. Okay. So we've spoken mechanics a little bit or a lot RP wise. 
how do you let the party come to terms with a maybe a long-standing favorite character death? I mean, leave it up to the party. Let them do what they want to do. One time we had a character die, sacrifice themselves, and one of the players in the party wrote a little poem for that character That's and cool. said it. Yeah. I, I would usually, like one thing that you can do, I would suggest is have that death show up in roleplay interactions. Mm -hmm. So have NPCs recognize that this player's not, that this PC's not there anymore. If the PC was known by the town, have the town mourn, something like that. Bring that aspect into it so that player feels like they're recognized that their character did something. It gives that player the ability to themselves mourn if they were attached to that character if they're playing that character for a long time and put a lot of emotional weight and into that character's progression let them feel it i think matt colville once suggested that after the character death you flash to a tavern and let the party rp the rest of the session that way yeah if you're in a situation where that would make sense and you can that brings up the option of you can do a step out of time type thing where it's like you're assuming that no other characters will die but you can say we're gonna cut ahead to a week when you guys get back to town but then we're gonna come back after that and be like let's just have a, a minute chill in the tavern and talk and then next session we're gonna come back to where we are after the battle so that right. way we can keep going but that that rp wise that assumes no other characters die also as a final note there's flashing forward but then there's also the possibility of flashing back. Like a redo. Yes. Uh, restart the combat or go back around. Yeah, go back to the point where everything started to go south. Don't go back two or three turns, though. Make the go back meaningful so that way they can change their fate if, if that's an option. Yeah, like the, what is it, Galaxy Quest Omega Drive or whatever right. it was called. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm getting that wrong, but it was like, it goes back 14 seconds. Right. So just have it go back to the beginning of the encounter, or even if it was just like one really bad decision on an NPC player or something like that. Go just, back to when the, before the fight started and maybe find a way out. Yeah, it's okay. You could, you're allowed, especially if you're like, improving the monster setup or you're not you're new to dming and you're like i didn't think this was going to be that hard you're allowed to go hold up guys your god gave you a vision of what might have happened if you went through with this now let's go back and see if yeah you but even without choice. rp like you can sit there and say to your players okay guys this went south a lot faster than i thought possible Give me a minute. Yeah. This, I don't want to derail the campaign here. Let me come up with something. That's okay. Uh, yeah. If you're new to DMing, it's okay to hit the rewind button. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that was another mystery demystified. Boo hoo. Oh, boo hoo hoo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boo hoo. Boo hoo. No. This was Demystified. If you liked it, we'd appreciate it if you could leave a review or share this with your friends. Our website is demystified.com, just the letter D, mystified.com. Do you have a question for us? Reach out via our Twitter handle, at Pickled Wizards, or ask on Facebook, at Pickled Wizards, same page. We might talk about your problem here.